Right, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about the problems in our healthcare system now, especially lengthening wait lists for crucial healthcare services. And we've talked a lot on the show about the shortage of family doctors. That has received a lot of attention. Everyone has heard about that. But what about the shortage of specialist medical services? Once you get in to see a family doctor, you have a problem or a concern, you're often referred to a specialist for follow-up. But now we're hearing about lengthening waits for specialist treatment as well. Specialist doctors of British Columbia are sounding the alarm on this. They just wrote an open letter to the health minister, Adrian Dix, outlining their concerns. Talked about this on last week's show. I spoke to Dr. Chris Hogue. He's the head of an association of specialist doctors in British Columbia. And we talked about people who get referred to a specialist and then they're on a waiting list and potentially getting sicker while they wait. Have a listen to what he had to say to me. And that's what we're seeing in British Columbia. We're seeing uh, patients on massive wait lists uh, to see a specialist. And the problem for which they were referred was, was, was less urgent at the time of the referral but it may well be deteriorating while they're waiting. And that's, that's a huge concern. Okay. Yeah, this is a big concern for sure. Let's discuss it now with my guest, Dr. Paula Gordon. Dr. Gordon is a radiology doctor and researcher, clinical professor at UBC, and a patient advocate. And I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Gordon to the show. Hi, thanks very much for coming on today. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, you bet. Can you tell me a little bit about your work? Like, what is your area of specialty? So I'm a radiologist, which covers everything from plain x-rays all the way up to CT scans and MRIs. But I uh, am a breast radiologist, so I don't do all those other fancy things. And I do mammograms and breast ultrasounds and image-guided needle biopsies. That's when a woman has a problem either um, that can be seen on an ultrasound or a mammogram. And then we use that picture to help us aim the needle into the right place to take a sample of the abnormality to find out whether it's cancer or not. Wow, yeah, and you, boy, you talk about a crucial service and a part of our healthcare system. Like, how important is, is that type of work, like that sort of early detection of, of cancer? You, you, you just said it, absolutely. It's all about early detection, because yeah. when we know that we find cancers early, women do much better. In fact, the five-year survival for women who have cancer detected at what we call stage zero or one is virtually 100%. But if a cancer isn't diagnosed until it's stage four, then the five-year survival is only 22%. So we really need to find cancers early. And that way, not only will fewer women die, but even the women who have breast cancer can have of effective treatment that's less aggressive. So if a woman has a big cancer in her breast, she usually needs to have the whole breast removed. If we find a cancer when it's small, she can have what we call a lumpectomy, which is a small operation just to remove the cancer and a little normal tissue around it. So that improves the quality of life, even if women wow. do get cancer. And there are other, oh. other examples of, of less aggressive treatment. Yeah, I think you very clearly just described like how, how important this is. So let's talk a little bit about the situation we're seeing in, in BC right now. Are you seeing, like, what are your concerns? You're seeing longer waits right now? We're seeing, so the, 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 uh, 
the concern, the bigger concern at the moment is that from the time a woman is told that she needs a needle biopsy, there's our, the wait used to be a couple of days. Then it got that it was a week or two. And we're up to the point now where it's as much as three months or even a little more. And oh. even though many of those women don't have breast cancer, they're having the needle biopsy just to make sure they don't, some of those women do have breast cancer. And if it's a slow-growing cancer, waiting even a couple of months uh, will not make a difference to her overall outcome. But some cancers are what we call high-grade, and they're, they're growing faster. And it's really important that those be diagnosed before they get huge and have spread beyond the breast. So when, oh. as you know, cancer can spread to other organs like lymph nodes or the bones or the liver or the brain. And um, we want to find cancers when they're confined to the breast. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so for this type of needle biopsy you're describing there, did you say, like, it used to be you'd only wait a few days for one of those? Yeah, it, 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 I've been doing this a long time. You know, many, many years ago, we would do it the same day. We would say, oops, you need a needle biopsy, let's do it. And then as, as our time slots got uh, busier and busier, we don't have time. We can't leave blank spots in the schedule because our waiting list for other things like mammograms and ultrasounds is already in the weeks-long uh, time frame. We save spots for people who need biopsies, but even those spots get used up. So if you phone today and you need a needle biopsy, depending on where you phone, because they're done in a few different places. Not in, I would contend not enough places are doing the test, and that's the problem. But as, as I said, I'm, I, my patients are waiting... Uh, uh, three months or more. Oh my goodness, that is very and concerning. It, yeah, absolutely. And you can imagine psychologically how difficult that is. Even at the end of the day, it turns out not to be cancer. That woman is losing sleep while she's waiting. Sure, sure. And if it and if it's the worst case scenario and there is cancer there, what happens during those those, those month the months that you're waiting? Is it potential for the cancer to get worse and spread during that time? There's, there's always the potential, but as I said, there are slower-growing cancers and yeah. faster-growing cancers. And right. um, we don't know until we've done the needle biopsy what kind of cancer it is. And so we want everybody to get their test over and done with so that we can find out whether it's cancer or not. And if it's cancer, let's get on with the treatment. Right. Speaking of Dr. Paula Gordon, we're talking about the lengthening waits for specialist healthcare services in BC. And as you heard her describe there, especially for breast cancer, breast biopsies. Uh, when did you first started? When did you first notice that this was getting worse? The waits. Oh, for years, it's it's been mm -hmm. gradually increasing, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised that women haven't complained more. From, yeah. you know, from much earlier. But I think what, what the story is that for some women, they think if they complain that it's going to backfire on them and that they're going to not be treated as well. It's quite the opposite. Um, when a patient says to me, you know, I've been I've really had a tough time. It's I it's this has taken a long time. I say, you're absolutely right. You did wait too long. And, mm -hmm. and you know, please write some letters, because if if women don't complain, then the health system thinks it's just fine and there's nothing to fix. Well, you would encourage people to speak up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm not offended by it. I'm, I'm on their side. Yeah. Why is why are these waits occurring? Is it a shortage of specialists, specialists like yourself, or is that the problem? Or um, that's, that's kind of part of it, but not really. I mean, really, the problem is that there, 
the radiology departments cover everything, as I said, from, you know, look, broken bones all the way up to MRIs and CT scans. And there are waitlists, as you just said, for pretty much everything. And so breast is kind of falling to the bottom of the priority pile. And there are many hospitals, in fact, that don't even do these tests. And even the places that do, they're clearly not doing enough of them uh, to keep up with the demand. Right. Let's have, let's have a listen to another clip from uh, your colleague, Dr. Chris Hogue here, who represents specialist doctors in the province, sounding the alarm on this. They've written that open letter to the health minister. He was on the show here last week. Here he is describing a, a patient who had a long wait for service. Have a listen to this. I had a patient in my office yesterday who I referred a month ago to an oncologist, and he came in to, to touch base and make sure things were moving along, and he got an appointment but it's still two months down the line. That's a three-month wait for an oncologist, for a patient that I've already identified has a significant cancer and, and needs to be seen. Mm. That's not right. Okay, so an, an, oncologist is a, an oncologist is a specialist in cancer, correct? Right, and, you, and yeah. there, there are two kinds of oncologists, the ones that give radiation and the ones that give chemotherapy. I have the same situation. If I have a, uh, a lady with an, an obvious really big cancer, what we would call locally advanced I used to be able to phone the oncologist, and they would see them within a couple of days. They would have the result of the needle biopsy by then, and with these really big cancers, sometimes they even get chemotherapy before they have their surgery. Now the oncologists, the same people who would see the patient within days, are not seeing them for weeks. Wow. You know, there seems to be a... a that we've had a perception that, yeah, there's a shortage of family doctors, there's a long wait if you go to an, an emergency room at a hospital, but if you get seriously ill, like with cancer, then the system is fantastic and you get the best healthcare system in the world. I mean, that seems, I think that would be the general perception we have of our system, but would you say that this concern about waits for specialist services, is, has that been kind of flying under the radar a bit and do you think it should be of like greater concern? Absolutely. And, you know, what you said, you're right about this perception. I mean, if you go to an emergency uh, with chest pain and it's pretty obvious you're having a heart attack, you'll get great care right then and there. Right. They triage them in eMERGE and, you know, they're not waiting six hours, um, I hope. But with the seeing the specialist and the cancer care, I think it's pretty much across the board that the waits are getting too long. And and there will be people, as you asked, whose cancers advance while they're waiting. Okay, last question for you, Dr. Gordon. What do you think should be done? Like, what should be the top of the to-do list here? Uh, well, the problem is it's not a quick fix. I've been, uh-huh. I've been actually speaking about this for decades. We need to train more people to do this kind of work, and then we have to make the jobs available and attractive for them to want to do. Thank you for coming on today. I, I, really, uh, I, I really appreciate you speaking out on it and advocating for patients. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks for keeping the conversation going. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.